Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source for unique jewelry and arriving trends to stay ahead of the fashion curve. You'll hear what inspires the jewelers and designers I feature to create outside the jewelry box. As a graduate gemologist and your host, I'll guide you with insider tips on how to shop for, design, and care for your jewelry with confidence. To keep updated on weekly jewelry discoveries, subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator passport at jewelrynavigator.com. You can find show notes and weekly features here as well, and find daily departures for jewelry inspiration on Instagram and Facebook at Jewelry Navigator. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome. This is episode number three of the Jewelry Navigator podcast, the last in a series of green jewelry. In this case, green is the environmental and sustainable practices that some jewelers and artists take to follow ethical and environmental standards. I'm sharing a line of jewelry created from recycled parts of late model luxury and high performance cars like Ferraris, Maseratis, and Mercedes, and more. Christy Shimke is founder of Crash Jewelry, and through accidental innovation, she creates jewelry from accidents. Seriously, they're minor accidents like damage sustained in parking lots, in car doors, and scratches on fenders. Today, she'll share her story of what inspired her to begin a successful jewelry business, hammering parts from cars into a collection of jewelry including bold signature cuff bracelets that would make Wonder Woman trade in her bullet-blocking bracelets in a heartbeat. Before sharing our conversation with Christy, founder of Crash Jewelry, here's a little background. Drawing from her art history education and creative experience as a silversmith, Christy found the discarded car parts in her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop to be an excellent source for affordable jewelry created from expensive luxury cars. Crash jewelry appeals to a broad audience of shoppers, with cuff and bangle bracelets, earrings, necklaces, rings, and even cufflinks for the guys. With every purchase of Crash jewelry, a donation is contributed to the cause of your choice, and Christy shares what drives her to support them. You can shop for it and find out more about Crash jewelry on the website crashjewelry.com along with a list of select boutiques and shops carrying crash jewelry. You can also find photos and the blog posts featuring crash jewelry on jewelrynavigator.com. So, without further delay, here is my Q&A conversation with Christy Shimke of Crash Jewelry. For everyone who's new to the crash jewelry concept, can you walk us through how a Ferrari or Maserati becomes a cuff? or any other pieces of jewelry? Sure. So, okay, so a car comes into the shop, and uh, let's say you bring your car in, and we have to replace the fender. So once um, insurance clears it and all that, we and we replace the fender, the fender is actually becomes, we own it at that point. So um, mm-hmm. most body shops throw the metal away, and um, it ends up, you know, in the trash or landfill. Somebody may come along and take it and, and resell it. So, but what I'll do is take the damaged um, piece of metal um, and 
cut it up into, you know, smaller pieces. Uh, well, actually, my husband will do that part because it's kind of hard. <laughs> and um, and then he'll give those pieces to me, and then I will cut them into smaller pieces. And from that point, use, you know, using a template, uh, I will cut out, let's say I'm making a cuff, I'll cut out a blank. And, you know, whatever design somebody orders or I decide upon sort of dictates which direction I'm going to go. From that point, you know, there's a lot of polishing, a lot of sanding. We're, we're bending the metal. It's aluminum and steel. Um, we have to use uh, what we call cold connections, which is uh, rivets, uh, when we attach anything to the car metal itself because it, we can't use an open flame because it will ruin the car finish, the car paint. And that's one of the selling points of the jewelry is that it is original factory paint. We don't work with cars that have been repainted or older classic cars. So, yeah, so I guess in a nutshell, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Do you find that the the luxury cars, their paint is more premium? Is it easier to work with those? It's funny because there's like no, um, like there's, oh gosh, how do you say this? There's no standards I can really follow because the, the thickness of the paint, is dictated by what part of the car it comes from. Yeah, and um, whether or not it's on a fender or on a hood or on a door or a deck lid, it, it really, there might be thicker paint, say, on the hood, for example, uh, or the car door, and thinner paint on the fender. I mean, I, I haven't actually measured this. This is just all trial and error. And it's funny because you think that some of the more high-end cars, let's say Ferrari, for example, would have better paint than, say, a Fiat. For me, for the metal that I've been given, the opposite is true. The Fiat paint is just thick and luscious and gorgeous, whereas the Ferrari is not. So, oh. it, yeah, so like I said, there's really no, there's no rhyme or reason. I, I guess if I wanted to approach this in a very scientific way, I could, uh -huh. but um, I sort of work with what I can get my hands on. What inspired you to start making jewelry from the car part? Well, I was making jewelry, mostly silver, doing silversmithing, and uh, my studio was in one of my husband's um, garages at the body shop. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, like everybody else, I was sort of struggling with uh, the rising metal prices and struggling to be a small business with um, and competing against, for example, you know, all the sellers on Etsy who, and, and also overseas, who can sell things in bulk and at a lower price point. And I was just, you know, I was getting really discouraged by, by turn of events in the economy at the time. And I, I just was looking around the garage at all these, you know, beautiful cars, you know, Bentleys and Maseratis and Mercedes, and thinking, you know, it just, it just was an idea. Like, I wonder if I could do something with this car metal. And I, actually, I had been to uh, an art opening a couple of weeks before that and had seen an artist named Scott McMillan who went around and collected car metal and made collages from it. Like he would uh, weld it together. And my friend and I were sort of joking like, hey, you should, you should make jewelry out of car metal. And so that was in the back of my mind, I guess. And so, it, like I said, it just sort of started as an idea, and then I just made it happen. That's so cool. How long did it take you to figure out how to work with the metal and get it to do what you wanted it to do? <laughs> it's an ongoing <laughs> process. Um, oh, sure. I would say by, within the first year, it, it, it took about a year. I mean, when I look back at the stuff I made, two, three, six months, it's like night and day as compared to what I'm making 
you know, three, year, three years later. So it was just, you know, again, like sort of gauging the paint quality and thickness. It was very trial and error. And, and also just knowing how to, for example, like we have metal from this one Ferrari, and we it's a, a, a Ferrari Modena, and we know that at a, at a certain temperature or at a certain um, flexible state, the paint is going to fracture. So we have to, what we call, you know, we, we baby it along. So we were very gentle with it. And then other metal and other car metal that has, like the Fiat that has the thick paint, um, you know, we can, we can hit with a mallet. We, can, we don't worry so much about that. Every piece has its own way of being treated, I guess. And that just comes from trial and error, I guess. Yeah, and just knowing, you know, because I get, like, say, a fender, that's, that's a pretty good amount of metal. So, um, you know, if I'm working with that, that car, that piece of metal with that paint on it over and over again, I come to know that paint. Like, I have a white Audi R8, and I know that it's, it's like wearing a black skirt and putting a white napkin on it. You know, it, you get you have to be so careful with it because every little thing that touches the paint, like another piece of metal, may leave a mark. So I have to, you know, take the whole thing down so that I can keep the paint fresh. And then at the end of the process, peel the paint, or excuse me, the tape off. Things like that where you just, you just learn, you come to know the, the paint and that, that you're working with. More goes into it than I would ever imagine. I've been able to hold and touch and see your samples. So, and I love them looking at them. They, it looks so easy, <laughs> it's so beautiful and streamlined. It's interesting to know that so much, so much effort and work goes into making them. They're beautiful pieces. Well, thank Did you. Did you ever think that you'd be making jewelry from cars? No. <laughs> I bet you never thought. That you never would, in a million I, years. <laughs> it was just one of those those things that happen in life, I guess. You know, it's um, it's definitely a point where my husband's career and mine merges. So we spend a lot of time talking about rivets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's just no. I never, I never ever thought that this is what I would be doing ever. <laughs> oh, that's great. Have you always been making jewelry? What did you do before you started crash jewelry? You said that you were metalsmithing or silver. Well, actually, so. I mean, my whole life I've been making things, and, you know, even as a kid I was making jewelry and selling it, you know, to my friends. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, no, actually my background is in art history, and um, so I worked for a number of years at the Getty Museum, and I also worked at UCLA. So I was more in the education and the museum uh-huh. world, and then sort of midlife I took some metalsmithing courses and just discovered that I had this real passion for it. And, you know, it was just one of those things where a light bulb went off and you said, this is, you know, this is what I want to do and, and how can I make it, you know, pay a little bit as well. Well, it's just so genius that you were able to put, put together the parts available in your husband's auto shop and jewelry. It's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, and it's, I love it. No, thanks. And it's so exclusive, but it, I feel like it appeals to a wide reach of ranges and interests. Do mm. you notice, though, that there's a particular demographic that's drawn to craft jewelry? Well, um, yeah. I mean, if we had to get real specific, I would say it's mostly women and age about 30 to 60, uh, and, and sometimes a little bit older, but that would be like the bulk of my audience. But um, it's appeals to car enthusiasts, especially people who 
either collect cars or just love cars or you know, anything car related, um, or people who, you know, maybe aspire to own a really nice car. We also get a lot of people who love to attend, you know, races and car shows, things like that. So that's a big demographic. And then there are the people who are interested in upcycling, recycling, um, that, that sort of thing. So it can, the car enthusiast people would probably be the first, and then the, the people that also see that the upcycling is an added bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you restricted to um, any cars? I know I kind of touched on this earlier, but can you pretty much transform any car into crash jewelry? Um, no. Certain cars that are carbon fiber, I can't mm-hmm. work with. Like, I get a lot of people who ask me about Corvettes if I had a dollar for every person that asked me oh. about Corvettes. Um, you know, that's something I just can't work with. It's really hard to work with. You know, the minute you try and cut it, the paint just comes off. You can't bend it. Um, so that's that's probably the only type of car, you know, anything made with carbon fiber that I can't work with. Uh-huh. Okay. That's Good to know. I, I wondered why that there there weren't particular cars featured. So yeah. yeah, like like that, and a lot of the um, Lamborghinis now are you know carbon fiber, the the really high end sports cars. Are carbon fiber. So yeah, and and most of our cars now are aluminum. It's probably the the main metal I work with, and steel mm-hmm. being second. Mhm. Okay. If someone wanted to customize something that you could make with crash jewelry, what options can you offer them? Um, well, it's, that's good. I do a lot of custom work, actually. You can choose your car, you know, whatever I have on hand, you can choose the car and color. A lot of people want to put a particular gemstone on the car or, you know, a stone. So I, I do have a selection that they can choose from. Um, the other thing is, is I've had people actually come to me with pieces of their car. I had a guy who uh, his father had a, uh, let's see, a vintage Miata, and he had passed recently, and uh-huh. it was his father's like prized possession, and he wanted his mom to have something that she could wear all the time that reminded her of of her husband. So he actually took the fender off this car <laughs> and gave it to me, and um, I made a bunch of jewelry for his mom um, for Mother's Day. So that's another way that you can customize. That's so cool. So it becomes yeah. a memorial type of jewelry, which is... Yeah, yeah, it was. And, I mean, it's really touching. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't always have to, you know, have this negative connotation. Um, you know, in this sense, it was, I don't know, it was really special. Yeah, it is really special. With a lot of jewelry being mass-produced, I, I really appreciate how you're able to add some personal touches, like on the inside of your cuff, you put... You put the name of the car or the vehicle that it was that it's from, mm-hmm. and then on the certificate of authenticity, I love that you all sign who made it and the date that it was made. Are there other are there other detailing techniques that you're experimenting with? Yeah, we're experimenting with laser engraving and laser etching, and maybe even some sort of diamond point engraving. We're still we're, we're kind of looking into that. We're looking into using a CNC router to cut out custom shapes. So we're we're definitely looking to other technologies to expand uh, the line and make it a little more accessible in a larger volume. 
Oh, that's great. And also with with the with laser and whatnot, you you know you can add people's initials or you know your own brand, and you want to put your logo on you, know, something like that. That's going to be a possibility. That's really cool. So I'll be excited to watch for that. I know you're not at liberty to disclose too much about the drivers of the cars that come in for repairs for the shop. But what makes Crash Jewelry even more alluring is that some of the cars and the parts that you use were driven by well-known celebrities. Do they happen to know that you're turning what used to be their cars into jewelry? Some people do. I mean, like I said, you know, if, if somebody comes to me and, and asks me, then of course they know. But for the most part, I would say no, because it's no longer their property. So, right. you know, once, I mean, most people don't even think about it, really. That's good. Once you take your car in and you have a part replaced, you just don't think about where the other part went, unless I know that Ferrari owners actually, this is something they do care about. Um, and it's hard for me to get Ferrari metal for that very reason, because even um, if their car, you know, even if the piece is completely destroyed, they still want it. It's um, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What do they yeah. do with this? I, they put it in their garage or, I mean, I know, I heard a story about one guy who, um, I think he, you know, he got in an accident and he went back to the site and swept up every little piece of metal he could and and then just has it hanging all over his garage. Wow. Well, see, they really need to let you make jewelry out of it and then they can really do something with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's been really tough to get my hands on this Ferrari. If anybody wants to donate any, let me, let me know. Um. <laughs> oh, besides relieving landfills of scrap metal, I know you're very generous at giving back with causes that are close to your heart and lots of causes that people are excited to, to learn that you contribute to. Are there certain ones that you're fond of or you have a special link to? Yeah, um, the rescue train is here in Southern California, and that's a um, an animal rescue group. Um, so that one I have a personal interest in. Um, the other one is the National Kidney Association and a couple of things. Um, I was actually diagnosed with um, kidney disorder uh, about 15 years ago, which is it was really odd, and um, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, it's in remission. So, so that was something that was that appealed to me, I guess, because of that. Like, you know, again, a personal right. kind of interest. And then my sister-in-law was actually one of the oldest kidney recipients. Um, she got a kidney when she was 40. She had childhood onset diabetes. So, so, so yeah, I would say those two really sort of speak to me the most. Oh, that's great. And if anybody wants to know more about the causes that you donate to, um, is it on your website? Yeah, yeah. You can um, actually, when you, when you go to, like, say you're interested in a piece of jewelry and you, if you just put it in your shopping cart, a menu will come up that says, we donate for you. And there's a little drop-down menu and you can look at the various groups that we we do contribute to. That's great. I know that you have a line with pause, <laughs> pause for cause. Pause. Right? Yeah, that's that's my yeah that's that's my friend's group. Yeah, the rescue train. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's a great that's a great line of jewelry because you make yeah dog that's tags, really right? popular actually. A lot yeah. of lot of animal lovers out there. There and, are. And speaking of when you were talking about customization, that one in particular, I mean, we can inscribe anything on the inside. And that one in particular, we get a lot of people that want their pets' names inscribed on the inside. So so we do that a lot for people. That makes it even more special. That's really cool. Aw. 
Well, what advice would you have for new artists who have innovative ideas like yours, especially women breaking into the jewelry industry? Mm, it's, you know, it's such a competitive industry. I mean, I was sort of looking, I think, for a way to be different. So, I mean, if there's any way at all possible, you, you know, you can sort of think outside the box. I think that helps from, a, you know, a business standpoint. I mean, obviously you should do what you love, but if you're trying to make a living at it, I, I do think you sort of have to, you know, think about how, how can I be different from, from everybody else? You know, what is, what is my message here? What, what mm-hmm. will appeal to people? My, you know, if you can sort of figure out who your demographic is, uh, who your customer is, that's, that's super important. And I think one of the things that I've learned most is not to listen to everybody <laughs> that, you know, everybody has an opinion. And um, in the beginning, I would really take it to heart and, you know, and feel like I had to, to, to think about it and talk to that person about it and, and give it a shot, you know. And, um, and then at the end of the day, I just realized, you know, not, I mean, after a few years, that, that I know better going forward. You know, I know, I know what I'm doing. I, I know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And, oh, that's, that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was one of the things is just, you know, trust that you, um, you know, just trust in yourself. Trust in yourself. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not worth getting other people's input. I mean, I definitely think that is for me anyway, personally, it was just, it was just taking everybody's opinion with a grain of salt and maybe not making it too personal. So what's next for Crash Jewelry? I know um, you've talked about setting stones, and you do set stones in some of your jewelry, but is there, are you looking ahead on ways to set faceted gemstones like diamonds and other stones? Well, that that is something that I'd really like to do, um, and I would like to have the time to explore that, but I, I haven't quite had the time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I have an idea of how it would work, but since that isn't my area of expertise, I haven't really pursued it. Um, but I do have some design ideas and, and some thoughts on, on how it would work out. But um, it's a little expensive to make prototypes because I would need to go out there and, you know, get some, some gemstones um, and probably make, you know, quite a few samples to see what's going to work and what's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ideally, I would love I would love to do that, and then that way, you know, you could have sort of a a couture line in addition to more of the everyday line. Well, that'll be exciting. I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Well, where can we find Crash Jewelry besides on your website? You have some boutiques around that carry it, but is it mostly on uh, your website? Well, it's yeah. We, we've got we're in, we're in a few boutiques, um, actually, kind of across the nation. We're in. Uh, we're in Washington State, uh, Oregon, California. Let's see, not really any place in the Midwest. Uh, New York, Florida, Georgia. So, oh, Arizona. So, um, but these are mostly. Oh, uh, I should say too. We just we're going to be. We're in a couple of car museums. Um, there is a car museum in Rhode Island that's opening. Uh, that we're going to be in their gift shop, and we're also in the um, uh, Sacramento has a, a museum, and so we're also in that gift store. On my website, it lists the retail locations. So for anybody who is a car enthusiast, you'll have to check out those um, those museums and gift shops. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I'm really excited to share it with everybody because your concept is so unique and I appreciate it so much. And I know people who find out about it, they get really excited about it. So 
it's Thank something you. I yeah, it's your craft jewelry is something I look forward to watching uh, take off and grow and seeing more people walking around with it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate it, Brenna. I, I love your blog and uh, and your social media post. So I'm always intrigued by what you're going to post next. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was my Q&A conversation with artist, designer, and founder of Crash Jewelry, Christy Shemke. I so appreciate her taking time from her garage to meet with us and explain how she makes craft jewelry and how it's so unique. Did you know that many of the cars used to make craft jewelry reach 60 miles an hour under three seconds? That's crazy. Isn't it so cool though that you don't have to drive one, but you can wear one instead? So just a recap of what craft jewelry is and why it is so cool. It is made in America, in Los Angeles. Crash jewelry is cool because it's created using the luxury car parts that would otherwise end up in the landfills. Crash jewelry contributes to many causes that help a wide reach of needs and causes. By wearing a piece of crash jewelry, you could be walking around with part of a celebrity's car. Crash jewelry is comfortable, lightweight, and it won't tarnish. And Christy, provides a really helpful video tutorial on how to size your wrist correctly for a cuff or a bangle. You really should check that out because it's something that most jewelers and jewelry stores don't know. And she does a great job of explaining how to measure your wrist for those bracelets. Go check it out on her website or YouTube. So what car do you want to wear? Maybe a Maserati or a Tesla, Ferrari or Mercedes, or maybe all of them. You really could wear a car a day. That sounds so funny, but it's so cool and unique. Go to the Crash Jewelry website to see all the possible combinations, and you can also find Crash Jewelry on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. As we prepare for arrival, cross-check the security of your safety glass as well as your earring backs. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>